We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hello and welcome to the Sports Social Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. It's the podcast. It's the podcast. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it sound really fancy. Welcome to the Sports Social Podcast. Hello, Georgie. Hi, Liv. We are going to be talking about this week's joy, humanity and heartbreak in sport. And it's been a wild ride this week, don't you reckon? It's been huge and there's lots of things to discuss, but I need to start with the serious topic of Robbie Williams. And his pink outfit. Delivering the best pregame. Probably better. Oh, it's up there with Jimmy Barnes and Tina Turner. Simply the best. Not since that have I actually been that interested in a pregame entertainment. I love that he really kind of shone a light on Australian Yeah, it was music. cool. Yeah. And Delta. Delta got a run. Of course she did. <laughs> I think she replaced Kylie, which was, is a bit rough. <laughs> I mean, I she never sorry. replaced Kylie. I don't know that Kylie was ever in the running. I think we all wanted to believe Kylie that was she, in the running at some point. Yeah, she, she got dropped though. <laughs> she got dropped for She Delta. was a late change <laughs> on game day for Delta. But um, yeah, he did a John Farnham. Johnny Farnham tribute. He also sang Angels for Shane Warne. <laughs> it was just, it was so good. It was what Melbourne needed after two years, maybe three years of not having... Mm. An AFL grand final. I think I feel like Gillan McLaughlin looked at the budget and said, let's blow it. Let's just blow it on the pre-game entertainment. Let's just go crazy. There was like over 100,000 people at that game. It would have been epic. And the sun was shining and... Too bad about the game. (laughs) The game was a bit boring. It Um, was a blowout. It was, yeah. Uh, There were maybe two points in the match where I thought the Sydney Swans might have a chance and it just never... Eventuated. Yeah. It never came to anything. And I feel I support the Lions, but if the Lions aren't in a game, I would support the Swans because I lived in Sydney for a while and I was a bit gutted to watch. It was in 80 fact, points. It was really a good summary of my whole sport watching weekend in that every team I was supporting lost. Oh. Every, That's less like, than ideal. <laughs> so, so the Queensland Cowboys. Yeah. I was backing Townsville. They lost, and that was a gritty match. It wasn't a it wasn't a match where there was these amazing performances. It was just like a grind mm. of a footy match. It it was not electric, but the stadium was loud, yeah. and the fans were there, and the poor old Cowboys just couldn't couldn't get it done. Mm. So they lost, and then the Swans lost. And then very quickly after, the Wallabies lost to the All Blacks. I mean, they have not won at Eden Park, which ever? is in 36 years. So that's ever. Yeah. I mean, since, you, since you were born. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, yeah. You've never seen the, I mean, you've probably never watched the Wallabies <laughs> at Eden Park. <laughs> 
to if be you fair, had been interested. If I had been and I was going to watch them, I wouldn't have seen them win. Never. But Never I at Eden Park. Because of both reasons. <laughs> <laughs> There are two reasons why you've never seen them win at Eden Park. (laughs) (laughs) Not watching the rugby union would probably be right up there. The top reason, possibly. Um, Australia countered the Harker respectfully with a boomerang. Oh, cool. Which I hadn't actually – I think they've done it before. I hadn't seen it before. Here's an interesting fact Mm. that I learnt this week accidentally. I I must have heard it on something I was listening to. They have done research into what happens to teams when they watch the Harker and what happens to the New Zealand team. Mm. So for the New Zealand team, it's like the perfect pre-game. Not only is it culturally very important and very significant, but for them, their heart rate stays right up, they stay warm, they finish the Harker and they are ready to tackle you like a brick shed coming at you at 100 Mm. kilometres an hour. Whereas the teams watching the Harker... Their heart rates drop, they get cold. Mm. And so when they actually when it finishes and they go on to play, they're not they're not ready. They've lost all the momentum. Momentum of their warm-up. It's gone. So the Aussies now wear their tracksuits when they're watching to stay warm. Good call. And then they also walked as part of the boomerang. Yeah. I mean Just, it's not I'm, quite the haka, is it? <laughs> it's not the haka. <laughs> Slightly less intimidating yeah. to be like Hey, I'm in my tracksuit. <laughs> it's green and gold. And I'm I'm watching you guys looking very scary. <laughs> yes. So the Aussies lost. It, I mean, it doesn't even bear talking about that match. It, mm. We were never in it. We lost players halfway through. There were lots of send-offs. And it's, I mean, it's fascinating to see how dominant New Zealand has been in rugby union for eons. Like, it's... It's amazing what they've created culturally within that team to continue to dominate. There's a really good podcast. I think it's the High Performance Guys interviewed Dan Carter Mm. all about the New Zealand culture, the All Blacks culture, and that was fascinating. And it's all... It's all based around team and the importance of being a member of that team. They don't like it when you're being flashy as an individual in that team environment, they really hold dear the idea that you are part of a unit and you stay part of the unit. But you can see that, right? Like you can see that compared to like the Australian Wallabies where it's really been dominated by personalities. There's a lot of individual performances. I think there've been moments in the Wallabies where you've had that really close team. Which is when they were successful. I mean, (laughs) It might have been when they've beaten the All Blacks on those rare occasions. But, yeah, I don't think we've cracked team culture mm. in the way that the All Blacks have. And there are there are corporates who are now turning to the All Blacks and saying, what do you do? We want to emulate that in the business world. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, the sports stuff's more exciting, let's be honest. <laughs> what corporate world isn't exciting? <laughs> it's really exciting, Libby. Just to corp- get that project done. <laughs> Project management has a place. It does. Oh, it's important. Otherwise, the world won't go around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then South's lost to Penrith Panthers. So it's going to be Penrith v. Para. Yes. Panthers v. Eels. It's a real West of Sydney derby. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. So I'm not sure whether they'll play that at 
Allianz, which is the new whiz-bang footy stadium in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, or whether it'll go out to Homebush. Oh, surely it'd have to go to Homebush. Just because it was big for you in the Olympics <laughs> doesn't mean it's the only venue. But it's a Western Sydney. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Derby. You wouldn't want that in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Well, I re- it'll be interesting because that that new Allianz Stadium. The commentators are just frothing about it all the time and mm. how amazing it is and how good the atmosphere is. But you'd be asking the whole viewing population of those two teams to commute. Nobody commutes in Sydney. It's so hard. You don't want to cross a bridge. No, not a bridge, <laughs> not a toll. Why? It just wrecks that. your weekend yeah, and you just, sit in traffic for you your take, life. It literally takes all weekends. No, don't, don't do it. Uh, the Opals had their first match of the Women's Basketball World Cup. They played France and Lauren Jackson came back onto the court for the first time, which that was pretty exciting. And she sunk a three-pointer. That was her only points for the match but it was beautiful to watch mm. it's just been so fun to watch her be back mm. in opal's colors mm. it's quite a remarkable thing what she's been able to do and i think having someone with her experience and her knowledge would just be so invaluable uh, yeah it's building that team culture up up again i think it'll be good they smashed marley and so they're sitting well in their pool mm. And they've just got to win the rest of their matches to stay in the running for the quarters, semis, finals. Cool. Yeah. Go Opals. The Lions are still at the top. This is in the women's AFLW. AFLW. The Lions are still at the top of the table, but only by percentages at this point. Oh, wow. So it's sort of tightening up at that top end. And we'll be. I think we'll be going to finals in a few weeks' time. So it'll be interesting to see where that moves to but mm. they have won it a few times I don't think they won it last year mm. but they are looking looking the goods looking like contenders fingers crossed yeah I don't think I have any more I feel like I've just watched so much sport <laughs> well it's getting to that pointy end of the year right where all the finals are happening mm. yeah all the kind of things are coming to a close I also like this time of year where like the footy stops dominating the broadcast and so you'll start to get a few specky sports coming in yeah you might see a bit of I don't know surfing or snowboarding I don't know what's coming out Mm. in the next couple of weeks but we we will have more cricket cricket will start to really yeah cricket really ramps up yeah this that's when you really turn off the tv isn't it (laughs) (laughs) that's when Libby's like I'm out I'm not watching any more sport you know what's been uh, like? I have to be honest. Like, what has been super fun about doing this podcast with you is that I'm learning more about sport. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly the point of the podcast. <laughs> it's been great. Not, do you know what's really nice? Because for uh, social media, we follow a whole lot of sports accounts. Mm. I feel like my social media consumption has totally changed yeah your and algorithms changed my al- I mean now I get served up f1 content so good which really I felt quite proud about I'm now getting <laughs> random f1 videos of drivers having chats behind the scenes chat behind the scenes chats that made me feel like I really was starting to understand the sport yeah you're like <laughs> you're out like you've changed your algorithm which is huge but it's much nicer yeah. I love 
getting all this sports information and those sporting good stories, and they're not all good stories, and we'll talk a bit more about that in a minute, but getting all that, I guess, information coming in on a daily basis Mm. is a lot more heartening to me than what I would have otherwise received. People travelling around Europe. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see your holidays in Europe. I'm glad you're having them. Congratulations. Great for you. But sport is much more accessible. Yeah. On the F1. Yes. There's no, there's, we have to talk about we've this. We've got a lot to discuss. I've now written a flow chart about where the drivers are moving Can to. Can I just give the listeners a picture of what you sent through yesterday, <laughs> which was like just a giant, what size would it be? It was two, it was A3. It was A3. It was A3. <laughs> it was a flow chart. It was a mind map. <laughs> it was a mind of who's going where, what's going on, teams. Do you know what I discovered? There's not enough colour con- color contrast in the F1 teams because I didn't have enough red felt pens you, in my extensive craft trolley. I feel like you need to let them know that. Yeah, it's a, it's a missed opportunity. There were not. There are so many more colours in the rainbow. Red, everyone wants to be red and I know red means fast. Red goes fast. For, but for, let's be honest, that's Ferrari's colour. Everyone else stepped down. Yeah, that's true. You, you can't have it. But Haas wants it. Red Bull has a bit of it. Haas definitely can't. They don't deserve it. They sit at the back. So, you know, Ricardo. I mean, this is just an unfolding drama. (laughs) He doesn't have a seat. Haas apparently wanted him and Ricardo said, yeah, no, pass. You're too far at the back. Which is, that's a ballsy move when you don't otherwise have a seat. You don't have a seat. But apparently he's thinking about going to NASCAR for a year. What's NASCAR? It's like a US style of racing where they go around the track. Think cars. Oh, cars. cars. Yes, we want to the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that we need to draw on Pixar movies to understand sport. But it's cars. It's cars. Okay. That's Lightning McQueen. That's where oh. Daniel Ricciardo could he end up. He thinks he's going to be Lightning McQueen. Owen Wilson, I would aspire to. Yeah. He's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. But the US market loves Daniel Ricciardo, so that's why... What about the Australian market? Why can't he come... We're not a very big market. Oh. I mean, I think Australia... What's ours called? I don't know that we have a NASCAR. We have Bathurst. V8. Yeah. V8. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) I did not come up with V8 on my own. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be clear. Anything that you like. We did not arrive there ourselves. Well well done, Libby, for remembering that. That's not (laughs) me. That's Jace. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so Ricardo may end up at NASCAR. There's a whole – I think there's a four or five seats shuffling around on the F1 circuit at the moment. Jason. Look at me. <laughs> oh, you looked at Jason and I thought, well, no, no, I've got it wrong. I, I was thinking. It was my thinking phase. So I just wonder why he would go – I mean, he must be getting paid a butt-ton of money yep. to go to NASCAR. I don't know. I think I would feel fearful of walking away from a sport because what if there was nothing to come? What if I missed it and yeah. I didn't come back to anything? But by the same token, like, you know. I mean. He's fine. If you're like, an F1 driver, you actually cars. don't fear fear anything. Yeah. That's what makes you exceptional. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a pretty interesting position. But, like, the amount of athletes who've kind of walked away from sport and come back or – are you making a reference to yourself? Yes, always. <laughs> um, I am the John Farnham of comebacks. <laughs> also, did you know... Lauren Jackson is a great example 
walking. Yeah, that's a good point. I've I've paid that. That was well done. Thank you. Um, Thanks, Jace. (laughs) For Singapore. So Singapore's their next race. All, again, because Instagram now thinks I'm a massive car head. Which you are. Is now serving me up pictures of all these drivers pedalling their little wind trainers and spin bikes or whatever they I are. I got that too. Sweat, oh, my God. Yeah, we so changed exciting. the algorithm. <laughs> Sweating. So they all, like, have to train in these extreme conditions because it's so hot and humid in Singapore. Oh, that sounds terrible to me. Ugh, can you imagine That's being... That's why I swam. I don't want to feel myself sweating. It'd be like Brisbane, Darwin, any of those cans. Mm. Imagine driving in a really hot car, no aircon, in a suit that's meant to protect you from a fire. Yeah. <sighs> Apparently they lose up to four kilos. Wow. That's hectic. It'll just be all water. And they're not – well, yeah, there's nothing for them to lose really. No, they're athletes. They're, some of their they're, – they're all quite – Schvelt. Yep. <laughs> Good word. Thanks. Good word. Okay. So we need to talk about the Hawthorne racism review. Yes. We had many feelings about this throughout the week and we actually – There was going to be no easy way to segue into this conversation. No, sorry. I just no, you, I, I appreciate just that. Just got to move right into We've just it. just got to do it. Uh, and I have to admit for me personally when that report – came out or when the um, ABC Sport released their article about the report, there was a part of me who didn't even – I didn't necessarily want to read it. I started reading it and I got the sense of what was going on and I had this strong feeling of I don't want to know any more about this. This is awful. And then I realised that for those very reasons, I actually had to keep reading Mm. and I should – feel those feelings of shame and despair that this is what Australian culture looks like in 2022? It is beyond anything you could imagine to happen in sport. Like it's I, – I mean I, I think the word that I mentioned to you was it, it feels dystopian. Like the fact that we're trying to control these athletes' lives for the sake of – Winning a game. A game. And and it's clearly only happening to the Indigenous players. Yeah. Because if that happened to any of the white players... We would probably know about it. We'd know about it a lot sooner. It's pretty... And it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. And that's deeply disturbing. And I think what also really upset me to hear, and again, I think it's important that I don't shy away from that because that we should feel distressed and concerned was hearing voices like Tony Armstrong mm. and Brooke Boney saying that this report came out or review came out and while they found it deeply upsetting, they weren't surprised. Mm. And that's horrible that that is their experience of Australia. To think that that is what they anticipate to happen almost is just incredibly traumatic. Like I can't the, – the amount of trauma, intergenerational trauma and the fact that they're it, being traumatised again and again is just beyond what should, you know, be happening in our society. Mm. And like 
especially for a game, but like obviously ever, but especially for a sport, it's mm. a game. Like what are we doing that we think that this is okay or that you can get away with something like that? Mm. We should explain that um, what actually came out as part of the review was that players had been encouraged or forcibly moved away from their families. One player and his partner had been encouraged to terminate a pregnancy. Another player had his partner was separated from his partner by the team and then his partner had a miscarriage. So these are pretty horrendous, unfathomable experiences for these players. Mm. The AFL released this in grand final week, a few days before the grand final. Which is another – it's just that tactic, right? Like it's that – They know the grand final is coming, so it will eventually get buried. Like, yeah, there'll be this outpouring of disgust and how could this happen, but then that will quickly get swept under the rug because the grand final. I guess you can't – we just can't look away from this sort of thing. Um, The AFL has announced that they will be doing their own investigation off the back of this review. I think it's important to point out that – these are allegations that have been made. There hasn't been a formal investigation. We don't know what the terms of reference were for the Hawthorne review. And consequently, the coaches that were implicated as part of that review were never given the right of response. Uh, and so this will now happen as part of the AFL's investigation. So what's happening? Because Chris Fagan is at the Lions. He's been stood down. He's currently the head coach of the Lions. He's taken a leave of absence over the allegations and strenuously denies them. And Alastair Clarkson was about to start at North Melbourne Mm. and he has postponed the commencement of his contract with that club until this investigation by the AFL has been completed. And Gillan McLaughlin anticipates it will be an eight to ten week process. Right. So... Out of that, I would encourage anyone who's not aware of it to go and read the articles by Brooke Boney. Go and read the ABC Sport mm. investigative article. Go think, and read Stan Grant's article. I think it's very important for us to recognise that we're two white women talking about racism in sport yep. and we need to go – we need to talk about it because we need to be allies and we need to – make sure that everybody knows that this sort of behaviour is absolutely not acceptable, it's absolutely not okay, no matter for what purpose, if you think that, that there is some purpose in, in treating people that way, there is just never never a case where that is acceptable. And like you said, go and read those conversations and those stories. Yeah, by those with have, who've, you know, experienced it firsthand. Mm. It, it's... I know that um, these people will often talk about the fact that when there is one of these issues, they're often asked for their comment and yes. that themselves for them is actually quite traumatic. Uh, Which is why I want us to talk about it. Yes. So it's not always only them mm. who are having that conversation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's really, we'll put links to us in our show notes for those um, articles, which we strongly recommend you go and have a look at. Yeah. Again, there's no easy way to come out of that conversation. 
Um, but in the effort to lighten up what the heart of sport is, right? Yes. Let's talk about grassroots level. Yes. Sport. Because Love that, to. Yes, because that, like, that is where a lot of joy happens. That's where kids fall in love with footy or swimming or gymnastics or whatever it might be. And that's where they can learn what society could look like. Correct. I just want to tell you about a little team called the Knuckleheads. <laughs> Brilliant. I love them. <laughs> so the Knuckleheads came about because one of the girls in this team was playing with the boys this is for AFL in under 12s and uh, she was playing with the boys and she wasn't loving it. She, didn't, she wasn't feeling that team connection. She wasn't feeling part of the team. She was a little bit intimidated by the circumstance. And so um, I think it was her dad put together a t- an all-girls team. Amazing. To go in the under-12s mixed comp. And they named themselves the Knuckleheads and they went on to get to the grand finals. Amazing. It was so good. And they Against the boys. Against the boys. So good. And there's these beautiful little clips of them all talking about why they love playing together. And it's just like, oh, I just really like playing with the girls because we have a good chat and oh, we all play a similar way. And but that's what sport's about. It's mm. that, I mean, we haven't even touched on it, but Roger Federer oh. retiring. <laughs> um, talk about heartbreaking week. I just didn't appreciate the depth of relationship between... Federer and Nadal. Oh, I mean, I probably will tear up just thinking about it, but there's a, an image of Roger and Rafa both in tears <laughs> holding hands. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> but it, during um, Roger's kind of final interview after the Labor Cup, he said, you know, I started because I wanted to, to play tennis and hang out with my friends. Oh, it's the best. And like. If that's not what sport's about or what sports should be about, then I don't know what it is. Like it's just that beautiful connection to each other, even if, though they are incredible rivals and have been for many years. Like – and the fact that like you have someone like Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal visibly emotional, crying in – It was – Yeah. That moment, I, I mean, I don't, it doesn't get better. You, it made me realise that even though tennis is an individual sport, they all spend a lot of time together and they've all obviously formed some really cl- close friendships and lifelong friendships. Well, that's another thing that Roger said was that, you know, he, he always considered himself a team player and not an individual athlete. God, could you love him anymore? No, I can't. I, just, I can't love him anymore. <laughs> Please, Roger, don't ever... Don't ever do anything. Don't, don't, don't be a Tiger Woods. Don't be we a t- love you as saying. you are. <laughs> don't be a Tiger Woods. Stay like that forever. <laughs> right there right. in that moment. Just put him in a capsule. Just want to bundle him up. <laughs> okay, going back to the knuckleheads. Yes. So they pulled together a little crew of girls. They called themselves the knuckleheads. Brilliant. The kids' comments about this team are just brilliant from the mouths of babes. I noticed that when we were playing boys, they tried to throw us around like rag dolls, but we just kept assisting and pushing back. 
the first game we ever won, I heard the opposition saying that they're just girls and we're going to beat them easily, but we smashed them. Some people underestimate the power of girls and they don't realise that us girls are incredible. Lib, this team then went on to the grand finals. So good. Having copped flack throughout the season that they were just girls so they'd get belted. And they went to the grand finals. They lost, but sport was winner. That is just the best. That's what sport's really meant to be about. Like if we think about what's going on this week and people forgetting that sport is a game. Is just a game. Mm. This is what it really should be about. Yes. It should be about in- inclusion and feeling like you have a place and feeling connection. Yeah. Like just to feel like there is space for you. Yeah. That's everything that sport should be. Good on the knuckleheads. I will be following them. Yeah. I think, I hope I mean, they they're my team now. I hope <laughs> they, I don't know how many more years they'll be able to play, but hopefully now, actually, as a girls' team, there is grassroots sports that they can keep playing on. They can go to AFLW. That'd be so cool. Imagine if one of the knuckleheads went on to be in the AFLW. Yes. I'm following them. Can't wait for that day. Let's go, knuckleheads. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today and joining us for all these little chats about sport. If you like what you heard, please share, rate, review, subscribe. Like, like subscribe. Send us a DM. Yeah, we actually had a really beautiful uh, listener uh, send us a DM saying that they really enjoyed listening to the podcast. I mean, this is just blatant self-promotion, but also... But we're here for it. We're, it uh, for us, it's the whole reason that we're doing this podcast is because we want the female voice in sports conversations. And yeah, so it's nice to hear that people are resonating with that. We really like that. We will see you. So please just tell us you like us. <laughs> She's so needy. <laughs> very earnest <laughs> but, uh, but yeah we're, we're really grateful for all of the support and the likes and the shares we will see you next week yeah have a great one i'm off camping yay hope it doesn't rain camping sounds terrible but enjoy <laughs> <laughs> bye bye